0: And this is um, Rob Rue, one of the owners of, or the owner, one of the owners, majority owner, majority owner of Littleton Funeral Home, and uh, in Springfield, Ohio, and a friend of my my hometown, and a friend of mine for a long time. And uh, Mm -hmm. excited to do this, and uh, I appreciate you being here.
1: Thank you. Thanks. Um, It's honor to honor to be here. Always appreciate you and and our friendship.
0: Absolutely. Um, So. I got to, before we get into some of the questions, I still, to this day, I don't know if you remember this, but I had joined, uh, I was with dad in the Syrium group. And We're at the Imaging I, Center at Mercy. I, yep, that's it. I remember, like, uh, and, and my objective at that time was literally, like, for whatever reason, and I'm still convinced to this day it was a God thing, That she's like, you know, um, I was like, I want to do business with that guy. And so I remember, <laughs> like, I was there as an ambassador. I really didn't know anybody yet. I was still trying to kind of get integrated into the business community.
1: Which still blows me away that you, that you didn't know anybody because, you know, you've always been such a relationship guy, but
0: I know you were just starting out. Exactly. Yeah. And my, my family wasn't, my grandpa was kind of connected up there a little bit, but my dad definitely was not and really primarily did business in Columbus. And so I remember you walking out the door and I just ran you down in the breezeway and just said, Hey, my name's Landon." And this is my company. I'd love to help you. And you were like, yeah, come see me. And, uh, and from there we worked, gosh, that was a long time ago. That was probably five. I would guess something like that. Was it that long? Yeah. Yeah. And then through that, Rob has become um, a close friend of mine. I moved from Springfield. We spent a lot of time together. Rob spent a lot of time with me on even some personal things that I was dealing with when I was up there. And, um, I worked with my dad for a while and Rob worked with his dad for a while. And so we, we had some camaraderie there. And, um, and then I moved in July of 2013, but we've remained friends.
1: Against my better, against my will. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Against what I wanted, against but that's okay. Will. That's
0: right. But yeah, I think consistent yeah. with the Lord's will, I would say,
1: unfortunately, but. I'm not going to argue with that, but and, I may complain.
0: Yeah, I got it. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, this is, you know, I'm, I'm glad to do this. and I appreciate him doing it because he's just, he, I, I have a great, Love and appreciation for Rob as a business person and a friend and he's he's just one of my favorite people. Um, Thanks. Thank you. And so we're gonna go through some questions just to make sure I stay on track because we could probably mm-hmm. just muse and talk for a long time and everybody would be like, What? Because it's just be one of our conversations. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about I mean, I know you grew up in Springs, but a lot of this I'm gonna know, but for the benefit of the people listening, if sure. you could just tell me a little bit about, you know, where you grew up, where you went to school, your family, sure. et cetera. Sure.
1: Well, again, my name's Rob Rue,
0: and I did uh, grow up here in Springfield,
1: born and raised. That's uh, Central Ohio between Columbus and Dayton, right on Interstate 70. Uh, Went to uh, both private and public school here and uh, and worked uh, in our family business. So like legally worked in our family business, probably from the age of 13 when I could wash cars. But I remember standing at the door of our, uh, it's a family funeral home. Uh, Littleton and Rue, funeral and crematory, Uh, but uh, standing at the door with my dad after church on Sundays in the 70s, you know, just kind of hanging out and wearing the suit from the local suit shop and greeting people, and I still stand in those same hallways and and, uh, business today, uh, 42 years later, right? That's crazy. But uh, I kind of go back to probably when I was a freshman in high school when I could actually, like, work in the summer and and wash cars and participate. And uh, the minute I got uh, the minute I got my driver's license, I carried a pager to the weight room when I was a football player for Springfield North and was on call. So I literally have been probably working in the business for well over thirty-five years, but I've been a licensed professional for uh, twenty-five plus years uh, now. So that's that's kind of the difference there. So uh, born and raised in the business. And uh, and very very familiar with the bereaved and and grieving families, and have seen a lot of of different things. So personally, I have uh, I graduated again from the high school locally. Then I went to Heidelberg College in Heidelberg University in Tiffin, Ohio, uh, Liberal Arts University, and obtained a bi- uh, Bachelor of Arts in Business Administration. And then I from there, I went to-,
0: went to Heidelberg. I forgot about that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah from there i went to the cincinnati college of mortuary science and spent a year over a year there getting another bachelor's degree in uh, bachelor, of mortuary, bachelor of mortuary science from there i went to dayton and worked for a large funeral home for a year uh, and the tobias funeral home and then from there came back here and started and then about 29 to 30 years old i Basically took a, I feel like uh, I'm a Christian, so I feel like uh, God took me on a bypass path that I didn't expect and uh, felt a call to go into Bible school. So I moved to Pensacola, Florida, left the business, didn't think I was coming back. Um, got an uh, associate's degree in, in Bible and came back to Springfield to marry my now wife of 19 years. Wow. Eight, 18 and a half years. Yeah. But I came back to get married. Didn't think I'd be working in our family business again. Uh, when I left, I left, and then uh, came back. An opportunity happened, and ownership happened fairly quickly. And and uh, and then we've gone through some business transitions. There was three partners now, two, and uh, uh, I'm I, I have a partner who's uh, I, I have majority ownership, but just enough to run the business. And and we both uh, fill the gaps that we need in the business. He's. My partner is very skilled in, in taking care of families and we see a lot of families in our community. I see families but I also run the business and and spend more time running the business and, and also name Rob. Business. Also name Rob. We got you asked he's for Rob a you're going to get, right? get a qualified field director if you, you get a Rob. Yeah, he's he's been in the business for 20 I mean, professional, like 28 years, he's been at Littleton's for over 25 as well. So yeah. uh, and then we've got, uh, we've got, well, we've got Rob a great, the high great school my mom. I'm pretty sure. That's, that's yeah. right. It's the central Catholic central. Yeah. So he's a good man. Does a great job uh, for our community. I have a, a staff of probably including myself and Rob, we have uh, three other full-time three other funeral directors, a part-time funeral director, and then two apprentices. So we have a large staff of professionals training a couple uh funeral directors and then we have an administrative staff of three and uh well, actually two and a half and then uh at part-timers about eight eight to ten part-timers uh that so about 22 22 to 25 employees plus some crematory staff we operate a human crematory and a pet crematory take care of uh well over 1500 pets a year and in our size community that's a that's a, a larger pet business so
0: and you have an on-site crematory, which yeah, is, we, not every funeral home does, right? So that's No,
1: no, that we don't. We've had an on-site crematory since the eighties, which was before cremation was even the thing uh for families to choose. Now it's uh in the United States, over half our families are choosing cremation. So from the time that I got in the business, was around the business, you know, when I when I was around the business, when I was a little, little kid, you know, funeral homes are in the ambulance business. And uh and then it, you know, transitioned throughout time, and and people were very loyal to the funeral home directors and the funeral homes, and and uh, and you know, marketing wasn't necessarily a thing in the past. You just had to show you were involved uh, in the community. Um, and then as the '90s came, the internet came on, and uh, marketing online, and uh, and then the funeral service, uh, a conglomeration really took on about 25 years ago, started slow, but a lot of funeral homes, even in the area and land in that you live are owned by uh, world conglomerator associations yeah. that have changed the business. So it used to be where every business was its own, you know, owner. Now it's, it's necessarily not that way uh, today for sure. So we're still family owned, we're still independent. And uh, it's a thing that we we uh, feel like it's a strength because the ownership's right there on that on the address that families come. But I'm not saying that the large conglomerates do it wrong, but it's definitely a, a difference.
0: It's, uh, it is what it is. But uh, I think to your point, what's interesting, and actually it's happening in Louisville right now, there's a lot of companies being bought by companies that are not headquartered here. Across and the board. one of the things I think people don't realize is take you, for example. I mean, you're now a commissioner in the city. You're very um, involved in the community in general and and have a heart for the community, I know. And so as an owner of the company, you have um, resources and influence that maybe a person, if the funeral home were owned by a large company, wouldn't necessarily have. Because they may be a highly compensated employee, but they wouldn't necessarily have, not always, but sometimes don't Mm -hmm. have quite the ability to try to influence the community. Right. In other words, I you know, like like let's
1: say our marketing budget was you know three to five percent of the local ownership, and our and our contribution budget was you know same three to five percent. Well, you know, the conglomerates come in, you they pull that you know pull that down to maybe two percent, one to two percent, and you know it affects it affects you know people you're involved with, sure. And then the freedom of the schedule and the amount of staff we have, you know, we have a large staff. You know, they cut you know larger conglomerates, they you know they cut staff. You know, you have to yeah. see, so it's, it, it's, it's, a both ends. So, you know, yeah.
0: it, is, it is what it is. Well, you alluded to this. So the next thing that I, I kind of wanted to in, in see, one of the things that, one of the reasons I wanted to do this and why I think it's so interesting is that you alluded to some of just how marketing has been done in the funeral home business. So talk a little bit about, I mean, you alluded to it in the eighties and nineties, kind of the transition. It, it It's very similar to me, to the dental business. I remember talking to dentists that said, you know, it was taboo to market in the seventies mm. 80s you know you just didn't do it you, you hung your shingle out there you talked to people they came to see you and you didn't and that's completely changed i mean dental business is completely flipped so talk a little bit about that because that was one of the things that was always interesting as i worked with you was like how do you go about you know marketing a funeral home and how's that changed?
1: well and and we're going to go backwards but that's what made our relationship unique and valuable to me is you were willing to Dive into some unique spaces with us. That was important. Let me go back and pay some honor to my dad as far as his uh, the way he ran the business. You know, he uh, had an opportunity, came on board with a couple other guys in the '60s, and uh, really, really, the business took a major hit when the original owner died. He just had cancer and he died. And so, so I would say my dad really scrapped to maintain. It was a very large business at the time, and it lost about half the business over a decade. My dad. Really, went after, you know, basically saying, listen, we still offer quality service, even though Mister Littleton has died. Nineteen seventy-four is when he died. So, Dad was very aggressive, is by personality and by business. Uh, so, he's very aggressive and competitive. And within that, uh, he was very uh, progressive with his marketing strategies. And you know, uh, not not all my style, but I definitely learned a lot. You know, putting a crematory in in eighty four when other funeral homes were basically cursing him because like, what are you doing putting a crematory? it's like siding with the enemy uh, to funeral directors back in 84. Well, it was progressive. It was progressive. And so uh, learning about marketing from other uh, agencies that are specific to the funeral business was something I just went to conventions and learned a lot uh, with my dad about these things. So, um, and it's a niche, you know, funeral service is a niche. So fast forward to today, um, Again, company loyalty or customer loyalty was much bigger. Uh, we still, about 80% of our clients we've seen, you know, we don't want to lose that. It's it's, But there's still new uh, coming and, and there's less loyal. So uh, t- we have to be more on the edge today. We have to fight for our clients today. Price shopping is much larger today than it ever was Um comparing uh google reviews and uh just name awareness and brand awareness is even so much more important you've
0: experienced just changes in the nature of services too right like where there's less traditional services and more cremations oh, yeah. and things oh, yeah. like that which obviously impact revenue right
1: no industry-wide for sure i mean you know when you're when you go from uh 10 you know 15 percent 10 to 15 percent uh cremation rate to over 50 percent cremation rate you're offering at times there's less services available uh there's less staff needed for some of those services. So you have to, uh, there's that book that I'd never read cause I was always afraid to read it, but who moved my cheese was a book a long time ago, but basically everything was changing in our business and we had to change with it. And, um, I wouldn't say we changed in the very beginning, but, uh, I think we've come along and we're getting ready to make some major shifts, uh, physically in our business, uh, today in my business. But, um, Yeah, fighting for the business, letting families know that they have memorial options and celebration options and and opportunities to do things in a unique way. Uh, I always said this in Springfield, that if I owned a tattoo parlor and a t-shirt shop right on the property, I would print money uh, because in Springfield, people memorialize their loved ones in, in very, very eternal and unique ways. And they love to uh, you know, wear you know the in memory of of their loved one right on their shirt, or yeah. they'll put tattoos right on their body. And that's not unique to Springfield, but it's just something that that we see yeah. uh, in the in the mix of clients we take care of.
0: It's interesting, and too and also to kind of tag on to what you're saying about your dad, you've got the pin on that we did for you, 135 years. Mm-hmm. So that's how long yeah. the funeral home has been right. in existence not necessarily owned by your family but it's been in existence right. for 35
1: years. yeah the Littleton started in 1886 and it was uh there were two generations mr. Littleton was uh, herb was the second generation and then my dad uh, he did they didn't have children my dad got involved in the business with mr. Littleton Truerman and then so essentially I'm second generation so it's four generations of ownership and two families uh, that's that's owned it and then uh, of course the, the two families that own it now still but uh, yeah uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's an ongoing legacy.
0: What's the, there's a history that I thought was kind of interesting about the, the actual property, the building that you're in. Was it, who was it that owned that? Was it, yeah, Winters it was, the or?
1: it was the Rogers family okay. and, uh, the Baker family and, uh, they, uh, were kin to, uh, Jonathan Winters and he's, he's an old, them. old comedian that's passed long past, but, uh, uh, you know, it was kind of, he was from the area and then really settled in Dayton, but he had lived in the, on the property uh, as a, as a young man and, and, uh, and moved on. So the one it, the property oh, was built right after the property was built before the depression, the depression came and like many historic iconic homes in, in various legacy cities around the country have fallen in disrepair or become funeral homes. And that's, there's several in our community that have And and we sit on four acres in the city, really beautiful piece of property, kind of an oasis in the city.
0: That's what I was going to say is like, I mean, that's one thing I always, I mean, even before I knew Rob, or Tom. And I, I'd gotten to know Tom a little bit while I was in town as well, but it is a beautiful piece of property. And I know, have you broken ground on your new project? No, we're a-
1: getting ready to invest in the future and build a modern structure. So our field, because we're on a large property, our field is very campus-like. So we have arrangement offices, we have a crematory facility and a separate oh. facility, the funeral separate. So we're building a modern facility that would be like a memorial reception center where people can have memorial services and, um, and receptions, if they want, we'll have a couple arrangement offices, and new crematories, and new crematory facility. So it's yeah. quite a
0: big investment, but uh, it is a beautiful place. Though, thank you. You guys have thank always, you. and I know you in particular, you've always worked very hard to make sure that that place is pristine.ly Maintained, too. Thanks. Um, well, let me. I want to move into talking about kind of some of the things we've done. For How do you define the value proposition or the brand for Littleton and Rue? Well, let me let me ask it this way. So I read a book, Start with Why, by Simon Sinek. Yeah, a lot. What, I've, I've been listening to that, book. So what he basically says, and I wholeheartedly agree with, is that people do business with people of like mind. And so in terms of Goodson's strategy from a marketing standpoint, I tell these guys all the time, our objective, this podcast, and everything that we do has one objective, and that is to communicate our personality as a company so that people who encounter that can 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 start to decide relatively quickly whether they feel like we're aligned. Because we know we're not the best fit for every potential mm-hmm. client, that's right. but we that's know right. we're a great fit for a lot of clients. And so our job is, it's a little bit like walking into the room when you don't know a bunch of people, your immediate thing is you're going to start to connect with people and you're, and you're trying to present who you are and you're learning who that other person is and you're either going to have a connection or you're not. So yep. that's kind of how we approach it. So that's kind of maybe like, you know, cause I know you as a person and I know what mm-hmm. makes your heart beat. I mean, I know you have a passion for, first of all, I know you have a passion for your faith, for God. I know you have a passion for your family. And I know how much you care. I mean, you took care of my family when my grandfather passed. Point is, um, I know you have a passion for families, too. Like, I mean, it's you know, it's a business, but I know that it's much more than a business for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, you could say it's a calling, it's a mission, it's a purpose. It's something I've tried to run away from. Um, But when it comes to the brand, I mean, for me, uh, the brand has to say quality. It has to say trust. It has to have integrity. Um, they have to know that when they see that they have that feeling that they're going to experience, they may not, they may not use us. They may not call on us, but when they see it, they know us and they know that, you know, we always went to so-and-so funeral home, but we know Littletons are good people and we'll speak, you know, we know, we just know them. So, and that, that's important to me. So I was, I've always been, I don't do, uh, quirky humor stuff. I don't do tacky marketing things. I've seen funeral homes do that. Um, I don't even consider that edgy. I just consider that. uh, Yeah. uh, So I don't really use buzz, typical jokes within mortuary stuff about, or funeral stuff about, I laugh at it and stuff, but I don't want to take offense or anything. But And also I think the difference between my style and my dad's style is that I think I offer a sense of humility within our brand because I do not believe one funeral home fits in every family. I really do not. I believe that we will be we're the best of what we do, and we're going to strive to do the best of what we can. But that doesn't mean other people don't do their best and they're not quality, right? Uh, but so so within doing that, that helps me focus on who we are, not who we should yeah. be, uh, because I think a lot of people can get lost in the should, and, yeah. uh, they, and they end up shouldn't all over themselves and they don't so want to do that. So
0: here's one thing I would interject: I, I you. And I think business, every business tends to take on a little bit of an, a reflection of their leader. You know, I I know that to be the case here with Goodson. And if if this business endures, I should say when this business endures and somebody comes in after me, the business will shift a little to start to take on their personality. Um, one of the things I've always appreciated about you, because I mean, calling a spade a spade, you can't I can go out and find customers <laughs> I, mm-hmm. and you really can't do that. You have to be more artistic or more. Uh, I would say there's a lot more awareness-based marketing that you have to do. And so one of the things I was going to talk about, I know for a fact, we'll back up a little bit, your brand, I know you had a big physical fitness epiphany when I was still in town. And I was going to talk a little bit for a second. I don't even think you do this anymore, the Live Now program. But what was Mm -hmm. interesting about, what I loved about that was you were always willing to think outside the box. And I think that's like, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think I know you to be very relational you know, you care a lot about relationships. You've care, you've invested and cared a lot about the relationship with me, even when I moved and, and John and can I mean, no matter, you know, you have close friends that you've kept in touch that have moved far away. And so then I think you translated that, that I think you're, if I, when I think a little, I think of the things that you said, quality and all those kinds of things, but I also just think of relational. I think about, mm. you know, how it reflects you. And then you extended that into Live now that we worked on for a little while, which was a community mm-hmm. initiative, and you can kind mm-hmm. of it was a community initiative. Yeah, I, I just, on. yeah, I
1: just back back. I spent, I think we spent about six years on it, and I had had a like like Landon said, had a, a fitness epiphany and got into triathlons and kind of used the hook of the funeral home to say, listen, if your mortician's telling you, you need to get in shape, you need to get in shape. Uh, you know, it was it was good and it was positive and and it was embracing, but it also was outside of the mission of the funeral home. And it may have been more a little I've been maybe a little too passionate about it at times. Just one of those things I was willing to try and learn. But, you know, it definitely was the care factor. We care about the community. We cared about the community. We wanted want to spread the uh, the mission of health. And yeah. So, you know, oh, like you know, we used to
0: say, you know, a funeral director promoting life was just there was a juxtaposition there that was <laughs> interesting. But I again, I still, you know, it was just yeah. it was just cool because I know the way that your mind works. You're constantly you're a learner. You're constantly looking, seeing what other people do, not just in the funeral home industry. You're looking at how other businesses are marketing. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, you're so passionate about it. I know that you were always coming to me with ideas, you know, just constant mm-hmm. ideas about how do we because at the end of the day, your objective was we're here to serve families. And so how mm-hmm. do I make sure that the family that we're the best fit to serve knows about us?
1: And, I think a funeral home that can be a friend to the community and know that they're a friend, regardless, like I said, regardless of how they're used, even if they're not used. That they're a friend of the community. I think that that's that's key, and and that's that's the difference in your locally owned businesses and funeral homes compared to your nationally owned. And and, and you know, I, I can't sit here and say in twenty years we're not going to be owned by an, an outside funeral home. I don't know what my legacy plan is. that you know, we're investing now a lot into it, but who yeah. knows? So I don't want to judge or criticize. I mean, it is what it is. We had a funeral home locally that sold to a regional consolidator. There was no kids in the business. There was nothing to do, and. You know, I get it, right. you know, and, and, yeah. and a funeral home to sell to a competitor usually doesn't happen. It can't, but uh, that's that's fine too. But I do want to position, it's not only positioning Littletons to be uh, the best they can be, but to position the, the community to drive funeral service. We have a lot of funeral homes in Springfield. And so to drive funeral service to an excellence factor keeps everybody employed and serving because right. when any funeral director does something that's unscrupulous or brings negative attention. It's a black mark on the entire business. So, and there's pop-up businesses, there's online funeral services, there's discount operators that just, they do this very, very low price and it's a very discounted service. And that's fine. It's not our model and everybody has a different model, but we are, you know, a full service uh, provider in an excellent facility and that all costs money. Two things I was going to say,
0: I know you guys have a big part of your business that's pre-planning and I know that's a big part of the industry. And I can say from experience, 2008, my grandfather passes away on my mom's birthday, believe it or not. Rob took care of my family. And two things I learned from that process. It is imperative to have a funeral home, you know, a funeral home and a funeral director and a staff that's going to take good care of you. And, uh, and they did. And to pre-plan. My grandfather mm-hmm. had not. And, um, and that is a tremendous amount. So not that this becomes an infomercial for preparation. But no. I, can tell you, my mom really went through it. Because a lot of that preparation had not been do- been done, and I and, and I'm sure you guys encourage people the same way. But it is yeah,
1: yeah. There's, there's two ways to look at that. One pre planning does does help people make decisions that are super difficult and impactful when they're not under the stress and grief of a loss. That's one, and so it's beneficial for sure. It does take the burden off families, but the family's able to focus on still making arrangements, but not you know not not making some choices. What do we do? What would Dad want? What would Mom right. want? Stuff like that. Uh, but the other side of it is when you have a professional funeral director who is an at-need funeral director, the comment that I love the most is families will say, I didn't think it would be this easy, or you made this so less difficult. Uh, the atmosphere was so much lighter than I thought it would be. And that is the, that is the job of a quality funeral director. And, and if they don't do that, if they order take and get from point A to point B, if they don't Focus on the pain and grief of the client instead of just serving and just providing a, a service and a and a, uh, a product, then then they fail. Yeah. So that's that's been the problem too. Do you foresee any of your kids getting involved? I think that the difference is I don't know if the kids will. You know, I'm 51 and I've got a range of 16 to four uh, and five five of them. So I don't know. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, just depends it's not something I'd want them to just uh, rest back on, but have a passion for.
0: So yeah. Yeah. All right. So the final part I want to move into, so we've been working a lot on this and, and I'll admit that days for us sometimes can, you know, we, and I find this to be the case for a lot of companies. There's always the marketing. This is what the company says they want the customer experience to be. This is what the marketing says that we do for you. And then there's sort of the actual customer experience. And I have found over the years, there is always a delta between what the marketing says and what somebody's experiencing. And that as a company, our job is to try to close that delta. We're always trying to, A, we have to know what the actual customer experience is and figure out where we can improve. So I'll put some meat on those bones. But basically we talk about the fact that we're about curation over catalogs. We're about relationships over transactions. And we are, but some days, you're just eating what's coming at you and you're, and you become transactional because you've built relationships with clients. They need things. They know what they need. You're moving through them. You're fulfilling. Um, And so we, because of that, we've been working really hard on trying to figure out like what, how do we help customers frame what we do and how they use clothing and promotional items and where we've landed is that we find that there's basically four buckets that people will, use our our items in and that is in their space or their environment so for you it would be the funeral home itself so this is going to be things like cups with the logo napkins with the logo things that brand the space whether it be branding branded things that people are using or branding the space in general carpets signage things like that the employees obviously you know and now in your space still most people are in suits you know you don't exactly especially on service days and stuff you don't have people running around in shirts with the logo on it there's still a you know, whatever, but I do know that there's some other things that, you know, you'll like off, off service, you'll wear some things with logo on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, customers, that's obvious. So things you give to your clients and then finally events. So again, space or environment, employees, customers, and events. So because part of the objective of this is to, to give people <clears throat> some insight into the things I've done for you, we've done together. And then in those areas and then how we, where we perform well and where we've not performed well, Main, you know, the, then gives me the opportunity to learn how, going away from this, we can continue to improve for you because that's, you know, our, our values are mm-hmm. relationships, authenticity, and certainly mm-hmm. improvement. So, um, talk to me about just the space of the funeral home. How you envision, you know, what's your approach to branding the space of the funeral home? We'll start there. So that's that's changed and morphed, of course, again. But uh, in the funeral home,
1: we have signage, and I do. Uh, I have online. Di- I have digital uh, boards inside the building now. I have two. TV. So we'll put – I have like a, a, some still like about 10, 15 images of – that talks about some of the in-house services. Somebody comes in our facilities, they'll see those. And and then, of course, uh, you know, what's the first thing that I bought from Landon uh, was well, the pen. Yep. And, and uh, that's – every mortician has to have a good pen. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's uh, one of the things. So I- inside, really, the facility is the brand. And yep. then having some things inside to tell about the additional service weeds we have. That's inside.
0: And we also did real quick. We, I remember we did kind of COVID was going on last year. We did the signage talking about. Well, yeah. So we, I felt like we, because of who we special, are,
1: because of who we are, and the quality that I like to present us at, uh, which I would say high quality. Uh, you know, moderate moderate to high priced, high quality. If you're going to come to our place, you know, p- people spend thousands of dollars at services. I tell my staff people come see us; they spend a lot of money and what are they getting and how are they feeling and the the intangible sometimes to me is as important as the tangible it's sometimes more important what do they feel and yep. so when they came in for covid people had to feel safe they had to know that we complied they had to know that we weren't going to just kind of you know we would follow whatever the so yeah. yeah so i had Lana put together i said listen i need. i want to buy i want to buy floor stickers that have our logo on it and he's like well rob that's like 10 bucks a sticker and I'm like, I don't care. Let's just let's just get let's get you know fifty of them, and and we used them. And I don't know if people thought they were like cool or not. I don't really care. But all I did is I looked down and I saw our intentionality and our brand on the floor. People walking over them. And then we also just had Landon design some uh, in-house brands for masking and stuff like that. So and then I also I think I had him do uh, I call him my whiskey my whiskey hand sanitizers. <laughs> tequila
0: it certainly smelled like but, uh, tequila back yeah. then yeah.
1: so so we did some some high quality uh, individual uh, hand sand these were expensive we did one or two rounds of them but um, you know just so people felt like listen we're not just we're not i don't know it's just like we're we're engaged
0: yeah. we're engaged with this whole thing you wanted that subconsciously can... yeah. they're coming in and feeling like yeah. look these guys are taking it seriously we're on top
1: of this that's right you know, i did a, i did a video i did right. videos explaining uh, why we're doing it. Never thought I'd put signs up around the funeral home and stickers on the floor and space chairs apart. Um, but, you know, we did that and then, you know, kind of do that during, actually, right in the beginning of COVID, I think I did about six different interviews with some different people around the area. My first one was with one, one of my competitors and friends, uh, uh, Kyle Conroy. We talked about how we're going to handle some things in the community because people were concerned. And we had no idea what kind of what kind of death rate we'd see throughout the, co- the pandemic.
0: Yeah. Well, that's something we didn't really address here, but it is true. I mean, you guys were on the ground, you know, the ground floor. I mean, you're front lines, I should probably say, as far as like whatever was going going on. Our national
1: organization
0: had to lobby so we could get uh, PPE. Yeah. Um, So the bottom line is, I mean, in the space, as Rob said, in his particular case, you know, literally the logo is the building, and, and the building is a big part of their marketing. So aesthetically, the building, the campus, the way they maintain it. And then once you're inside the different facilities you've got. Yep. And uh so Rob showing a USB drive we did showing the building, which has a very beautiful artistic rendering of the building yeah. I love. Done by the Once you get into the building there was like these temp what I would call like temporary sort of specialized needs related to COVID. And then there was also and there's varying degrees of, of feelings from people about what they want to do after that. Whether yep. it's you know, oh uh, we want we want logo cups at the curry coffee machine. Yep. Someone grabs coffee in a ceramic cup one So all those types yeah, there's of things that. I've done that I haven't redone like like Logo
1: napkins or something. I haven't right. done that, but I'm like, I think about doing them. I'm like, yeah, it's probably not. And it's hard sometimes, especially that.
0: when it's a consumable thing, because it's certainly a lot more expensive to buy a logo napkin than it is that, you know, yeah. So, and I, and I only point that out to say, see, this is mm-hmm. a great, consider people listening. This is, I was at a, a real estate development company yesterday, we deal with down here. Beautiful office space, top floor of the building. And I, you know, we're working on some etched, some deep etched ceramic coffee cups that they're going to have for when people come in and meet. And then we were talking about the fact that, you know, they may want some, they really need clear cups. If we give somebody a glass of water, that should have our logo on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so it's well, just. We,
1: one of the things we do that as both in-house and community is this, uh, we do bottled water yep. and have for 15 and years. Again, I, I
0: say you've done it for a long time. Yeah,
1: We've done that for 15 years. And I think one of the things is we do, we just give it away liber- liberally. It's like if people need it for a golf outing, they just want a case or whatever. And and all the time we have a request for this water, but we use it in house too. And and water's a handshake to the community. I mean, water's a handshake to people and, and everybody needs water. So it's That's like, been one of your more successful marketing North.
0: initiatives, hasn't
1: it? I mean, that yeah, really kinda it's like all over the place. It's like sometimes it baffles me, but we'll go through uh I mean, I'll bet we go through 10 pallets to 15 pallets a year, pallets. So, you know, that's, that's 70, 71 cases per pallet. We co-logo with some, like I'll, I'll call a church or having an event. And I'll say, listen, why don't we donate a pallet of water and we'll, we'll co-label it. Yeah. So, you know, we'll put our logo on it and they'll put yeah. their logo on it. and just That's really smart. Yeah, yeah. so I, I done, I've done a lot of that. So that's both employee in-house. We have water available in-house and then our, our customers. Uh, and then everything we give families has our logo on it that we've, that we've branded. And then when it comes to events, you know, with COVID, it's been a little, uh, little less, uh, yep. event, but you know, I've had, uh, backdrops land. I've talked to Landon about doing backdrops, never pulled the trigger on it, but we've, he's also done other backdrops for us. So, um, tents and things like that Yeah, uh, just really, I I, because advanced, of my brain, way? because of the way my brain works, I can go overboard. And so it's one of those where if I need the good thing about, uh, you know, Goodson and, and and my relationship with Landon is he lets me kind of uh, create and then I'm able to pull back on some things if necessary.
0: Yeah, and I would uh, say the one thing about you is you've always cared a lot about branding. I mean, and I think that yeah. if there's one characteristic that I would say, like Landon, you know, if somebody asked me, Landon, what are what's a great fit for your company? It's look, we've been working hard to try to create a cool brand. We like doing cool stuff with our logo on it. We love building a great brand and we look for companies that are trying to do the same thing. And I think that's one reason we've always connected really well as you care a ton about your brand and you love everything to be branded within mm-hmm. reason, within, you know? And so mm-hmm. like to your point about events, when we talk to our customers about events, it's, it's everything from the booth at the fair to whether it be an outdoor event for your employees as an appreciation picnic kind of a thing. It's, I mean, for you, it's even on the other side, it's potentially campaign type stuff. Um, there's all different yeah, types of events, but the bottom line is what we try to get across to people is that we can help with outdoor events from what you're describing, which is just a retractable banner, maybe a table cover, simple things, all the way up to just below what I call construction-grade trade show booths that have to be transported by truck. We don't do that. Yeah. But we've also got suppliers that uh, that do all that kind of stuff. and that It just requires people to think through how do they want to be perceived in it. But when you walk into an event like that, your eyes are immediately drawn to the tents that are printed. And the opportunity that people miss there sometimes is incredible to me because you can yeah. do a fully custom Printed tent for probably somewhere between nine hundred to eleven hundred dollars, yeah. you know, or something yeah. like that. It's not a ton of money, and there's a tremendous impact to it. So that's the other thing: It's just trying to make sure that we help people think through where can they get maximum benefit for you know a reasonable investment. Um,
1: so uh, let me go. But the one thing that happened in our business with COVID that that was had to be had to model our brand was uh, you know streaming funeral services went from. Back burner to front burner overnight in the funeral business. And that is across the board. And one of the things that I knew because of the brand we created and that landed help, helped us continue to create with the quality is that whatever stream we did had to be high quality because people won. I know me, I won't pay attention if it's a low quality product and yep. if it's a low quality stream. And so we invested heavily into streaming products. And then uh, let people know we do that, and we would put our logo on that the streaming products, and and do that. And then we also did it in house uh, and out, and so outside. So, but it's just one of those things we had to jump right in, basically create a funeral home online quickly, overnight, yep. and, and and offer that service. The first one out of the gate offering that was going to get the attention. So uh, that's something that was we just had to continue to do to follow up with the, our brand quality for sure. Yeah, um, wanted to bring that up for sure.
0: No, that's excellent. And, and and again, that's the other thing I would say about you. You're, you've are always been a technology guy and you've never been afraid yeah. to. I mean, I'm looking behind you. You've got a good podcast set up because I don't know. Are you still doing the podcast?
1: No, uh, I haven't done them for a while. I kind of wish I would. Uh, if I could have somebody like set up a schedule and write them for me, I would just yeah. do them, just show up and do them. That'd yeah. be
0: great. But you've always been willing to invest in technology that, you know, makes the business better. And um, Mm -hmm. that's that's something, one of the many things I've kind of observed and learned from you because we do that here. I mean, you know, it's like uh, anything that is from a technological standpoint that can make the customer experience better or improve the ability for employees to do the things we're wanting to do is important. Um, Huge. Tell me, I mean, we'll just kind of talk customers and employees. We're about 40 minutes, we've got about five minutes left, so we're good on time. Okay. Tell me what is your philosophy about how you give branded items to your employees? Uh, my philosophy. Why?
1: Like if they're going to be yeah, like, you're talking about Logan shirts and
0: yeah, anything like that. Because I, like I said, I know that their dress code is primarily suits. So, but I'm so, you know, so I what know. we
1: did this year also is I actually relaxed our dress code. We stay in the tie for the work, but
0: um, even though I'm not wearing a tie
1: today, um, but uh, I said, you know what? We used to be white shirt, dark shoot, sh- white shirt, dark suit every day. So, about eight, six to eight months ago, I said, you know what, where you can wear colored shirts, striped shirts, you just need to look sharp. You need to wear suits, but where you can look sharp. So I relaxed that a little bit in our, in my world, like wearing a colored shirt and a tie feels like you're wearing slippers to work is the way it was. So it's weird. Yeah. But of course, everybody went to work in their pajamas during the pandemic. So we kind of morphed a little bit and then, uh, and it relaxed it, but, but, uh, as far as you know, we do the lapel pins and things yep. in house, and and we do. I've got some ball hats and stuff uh, that I'll I'll purchase. I have a but you know, I've I've a grounds crew, crematory staff, things like that. Yeah. So everybody, you know, I, I everybody wears some sort of uh, brand or logo on the property. So
0: the, the bottom line is that the philosophy really is that you provide as in terms of like when they're engaged in providing services, they'll have the lapel pins. They'll have some very subtle, classy brand elements like that. And then the other things are pretty much given to them to wear, sort of off off time. And, yeah. Oh,
1: my, my female funeral directors they wear they yeah. wear like a, a shirt, like a, a one of those light cotton, sh- uh, pull, not pullovers, like cardigan looking things, yes. and, and I don't mind that they wear
0: those for. It doesn't bother me. I mean, it doesn't decrease our quality of service. Now the last thing is customers, and I know that you just showed the credit card USB drive, which I think is tell tell. You know, tell me so, what you do with that because I know there's a lot of information you you deliver to families, and that's how you This do is it. This is
1: an under, underutilized piece of uh, – I think this is an underutilized quality piece of marketing material that we're going to continue to get there. But we provide uh, flower photos for families. We do videos. We do pictures. And I wanted to create some sort of uh, product that they could just have. Like this would be like their online – so the 8-gig USB card, I, I was at a conference, a speaking conference, and they were selling uh, uh, their messages on these cards. And I thought that was cool. So I got with Landon. And I said, hey, uh, send them a couple images, and can you put this together so it's the size of a business card? But it's very cool, but I don't think we utilize it enough. But uh, uh, the, you know we just yeah. provide basically a digital copy of what we do for families. And and it's important. So little things like that'll come up, and I'll kind of I'll be somewhere and take it home. See if I can make it a part of uh, the
0: service.
1: So what we spend for those.
0: Yeah, what I see is that the way you approach stuff that you give to clients is you very and this is what I love about it, and this is something that we are working to do a better job of talking to our customers about is they're not so much giveaways as you're actually aligning them with the process that you go through with a customer or with a with Mm -hmm. a family that you're serving, and you're providing. Mm -hmm branded materials that are essentially mission critical they're useful they're they're part of hey we're delivering that yeah it's branded but it has a purpose and that is we're delivering to you the photos the videos the the, the, the digital versions of documentation that we know you're going to want whether in and then I know you do presentation folders there's you know and all of it sort of aligns with the process so that's important because we tell people all the time think through the life cycle of a customer when you interact with them and where you can provide branded material along that process and it's amazing to me how many times I'm talking to a customer and they're like Oh, well, yeah, we do. We sit down with a customer three times, and right now we only give them something in one of those, and we should be doing it in this point or that point. And that's what I've always seen you do. It's 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 much less just giveaways for the purpose of giving away, unless you're at an event, you'll do things in advance right. that you when um, it comes. to...
1: Cushy support, squeeze. I did, I've yeah.
0: done those squeeze balls and things like yep. squeeze
1: cushy things.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So all right, we're coming up against it. Last question, and yep. I I know I sent these we questions. Said the to the the last time, the last
1: question. I know I did
0: right. well, last question in that section, but. Um, tell me how, you know, if you just say, what do we do well and what, where do we need to improve? That's the last thing I like to ask It's just, you know, tell me what we do. Well, tell me what, where you would like to see us improve and how we work. Well, well, what
1: you have done well in your company. I mean, just, just keep in mind, uh, friends that are listening is Landon moved out of my community and I wasn't going to do business with Landon, not because I didn't like him or even love our friendship. It's just, he's left our community. I have some friends up here, but, uh, but what did, what Goodson does well and what landed took and when he developed company is his responsiveness is uh, I call it radical responsiveness. He is. It's just it's fast. It's whether I'm ordering whether I'm ordering, you know, two dollar pins, which are it's a good pin, or I'm ordering or I'm av- having something which is a seemingly insignificant question. I get a radical uh, response back. Uh, uh, you know, ridiculously fast response back from Landon. And I think that any business that does that—it's something I want, it's ridiculously fast. But uh, I, I, I think that that responsiveness is huge. And that's kept me engaged with Landon because I know that I'm going to get the answer back. And if not, he's like, hey, sorry, I missed that. I'm going to get that to you. And that's important for any company, but Goodson definitely supplies that. So that with the product quality, um has been important and then just like the uh you guys actually when you do orders you go who's ah we got this order or whatever and i like that stuff and and most of your marketing people are like me they have adhd maybe but no, i'm just kidding that's me but they uh but they are always thinking about how to best it therefore they're thinking on this different level than maybe your tech your technical uh employees in a company your technical owners and i'm not a technical owner i'm more of a, a relational guy so yeah. that's your marketing people so I think Goodson really speaks well to that. That probably didn't answer completely the question. Well, but did, that, but let
0: me know. let me jump in because I want to. I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but you know, there's something you said to me a while back, and I want to I want to know say this and see if you remember it and see if I'm remembering it correctly. You told me one time. You said, you know, I know that I'm not your biggest customer, but yeah. you've always made yeah. me feel like I yeah. was. And and so yeah, again, that's I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's, I, I just kind of said
1: that about the 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 pen yeah. or whatever it is, yeah. but. Yeah. I know, you know, I, we, we're a good customer and, yeah, and firm good, yeah. that, you know, we have, we have some good, we do some good when you're just talking dollars and cents and revenue, you know, we provide a decent amount, Absolutely. but, but I know we are not like Louisville slugger or whatever, you know, we're not, we're not like a multi, you know, hundred million dollar company, but I feel like that that's, that, uh, what, what you have always done is you've just made me feel like I'm an important client and valuable, uh, just got off the phone yesterday with somebody I'm getting ready to do business with. We haven't done forever. It was the same thing. It's like, I know I don't bring tons of sales, but it's a, it's an okay amount. And I felt very embraced and always felt embraced by your company uh, in doing that.
0: Awesome. No. And I I mean, obviously it's always great. Communication.
1: No, that's your, that's to me, anybody can sell you those products and you guys come up with good designs, but, but the way you, you, you communicate, your employees communicate, that is so key because then I don't feel lost. I don't have to think about it again. It's a detail that's taken care of. And that's yeah. so important.
0: Well, it's always good to have confirmation. And I know we work on it a lot here. I tell these guys. You got to keep cool. doing it. Uh, your, we,
1: your, your product is not different than what I can buy right. in town. I mean, it's just not. That's but right. I know that it's handled. I know you're going to give me some options. I know it's coming uh, back fast, as fast as it can be. And if not, you you actually we had a, we had a situation with some handstand products. And you were like an advocate for our company to make sure we either got a discount back or we got the product back or whatever it was, cause it wasn't right. And it, it got fixed. It got handled. And yeah. so that's, that's something that, you know, it gets, yeah. cause what you're doing for small companies like mine is you're basically building, you're able to take care of the large client in the same way. And you don't have to like, oh well, well, this is GE. So we better do it this way or this is, right. you know, it, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. So where can we improve? Uh,
1: continue to learn the spaces you're in. I mean, I, your improvement, um, I think to you, I mean, what could help you is to duplicate yourself. Uh, so yeah. whether it's Landon or whether it's uh, a different person, that it, that's going to be hard. But you have to duplicate yourself because you do provide that personal touch.
0: Well, and I think we hear one of the areas we hear sometimes that we can improve is that people are always wanting to know what's new. They want to know what's available. And that's one thing I would say, just shameless plug here. but. We, we yeah, used up. to do that,
1: but he called the, what do you call it? the, the Goodson. what was
0: that special yeah. page? Yeah. Huh? The partner series. Well, the we partner. call it Hughes list. Hughes, Hughes list. Yeah. Hughes list. I used to do that. I thought that was cool. Are you still doing yeah, that? So there's two, two things that we're working on. Partner series is one where we bring um, a preferred vendor partner on once a month. We do it live, but we also record it, post it to the website. That's that gives people a 30 to 45, about a 45 minute opportunity to learn a ton of things about some of our favorite suppliers. And then we're also pushing forward more with our curated collections. We do them with clothing, but we've now started, we've got one with holiday gifts that we just completed and we've got a bunch more in the pipeline and then those will all be posted to the website. And uh, yeah, so that's all part of us just hearing the fact that we've got to do a better job of bringing fresh things to our customers. And that's what we're trying to do. If, to do if
1: I was you, I would find a couple of local vendors that are uh, energetic and hungry and find some unique product within them I, we have local vendors in our area yeah. here and i i've actually introduced like hey you know why don't yep. you do a gift basket with this product for me and they're like i never thought about that yeah i'm like yeah I'll buy, I'll buy 10 of them for 200 apiece
0: and they're like okay to point, yeah to your point there's a company here called clayton and Croom that we have a partnership with which is handmade leather items right in our backyard and it's not necessarily a traditional you know industry supplier but um Dude, well, let me look, tell I, you, I bought this online. It looks like a purse, but I
1: put my phone in it to keep me from driving. This was marketed to me through Facebook and yep. it just holds my phone, but I didn't need this. It's a leather good, but I'm just yeah. saying, I mean, look yep. all online has, but I'm just saying you could, you could like introduce that stuff randomly like you see on Facebook yep. and it's going to, it'll sell.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, well, man, I, uh, yeah, no boxes, is really, they make good stuff. Um, well, we're past time. I, you know, I just want to thank you again for doing this, and thank you for your friendship. And frankly, I mean, I'd be you've been a bit a mentor to me. I think on a lot of levels. Thank I mean, you. A business standpoint, spiritual friendship. I mean, I, as Thanks. I said at the beginning, you're genuinely one of my favorite people, and um, I respect the heck out of your business and the things that you do in the community. For people listening, uh, again, Springfield, Ohio, Uh If you want to check it out, beautiful pictures of the facility. to you know more about them and uh and i again i think somebody who's doing it really well in the the funeral home business so rob thanks for being here thank you appreciate
1: it appreciate you